Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people. I rebuke anything that will resist us hearing. I take authority over this atmosphere now and declare that it is an authority, uh, is an atmosphere where your freedom is. Wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Say freedom. I declare freedom in here. I declare liberty in here. I rebuke bondage. I rebuke depression. I rebuke discouragement. I rebuke thinking you ain't good enough. Somebody to my right, you have struggled feeling good enough for years. And even now, you still say to yourself, you're not good enough. You can't do it. I rebuke those thoughts now in the name of Jesus and command your thoughts to come into alignment to God's word. God says, not only, watch this, not only did he pay the price for you, he says, but watch this, you're about to love you like you've never loved yourself. If y'all will release me, I won't just preach, but I can prophesy. If y'all will release me, we can have a flow in here. Say, Lord, have your way. Say, your will be done in the experience. Say, I'm ready to receive now in Jesus' name. Guys, we're in a series called Weapons of Our Warfare to Learn How to Win. And we are in week three of that series. And we've announced that we are in winning season. Somebody say, I'm in winning season. The past season of your life, you took some losses. That's over. You are now in a season of wins. I need you to lift your hands and say, I'm in my winning season. Some of y'all didn't do it, and I need you to make sure you're not sitting next to somebody that wants to stay stuck in their last season. I need you to make sure you're not sitting next to somebody that wants to stay stuck in their loss, that wants to stay stuck in their past. Please make sure you're sitting next to somebody. When I said do it, they do it. Would you lift your hands and say, I'm in winning season. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat its fruit, which means I got to declare my season before I see my season. I got to declare where I'm headed before I see it. I got to speak it before I see it, and when I see it, God will say it's because you spoke it. I need you to realize that there's power in your words. The Bible says that God called things that be not as though they were, which means stop calling it what it is. You need to learn how to call it what you want it to be. Say, I'm in winning season. Yeah, you're about to win in your finances, about to win in your family, about to win on your job, about to win in your business, about to win in your relationships, about to win in your friendships. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say your first name. Say you are in winning season. But to win, you got to fight. And to win the war, you're going to need some weapons. 
You can't just show up to no war without some weapons. And I need you to stop showing up to spiritual fights with natural weapons. Watch me. The scripture says, watch this, uh, in 2 Corinthians 10 and 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. What does it mean? Although we live in a body, we don't fight in our body or through our body. Although we live in a natural world, we're not fighting through the natural world. And here's the issue many of us have, is we've gotten so used to fighting naturally, we don't know how to win spiritually. So the moment something happens, you want to respond naturally. You clap back naturally. What does that mean? You have to say your piece naturally. Now realizing sometimes silence is a weapon. Because watch this. Sometimes there's nothing to say. There's something to pray. Sometimes there's nothing to go talk to them about. There's everything you need to go take to God in prayer. There's some stuff that if you learn how to pray about it, it wouldn't phase you anymore. It wouldn't mess with you. It wouldn't act with you. Paul says the weapons of our warfare. He says even though we live in a body, we should not fight with natural weapons. So I need some of you to realize watch this, that if you keep fighting spiritual battles with natural weapons, you're going to continue to be wore out. Paul goes on to say, for the weapons of our warfare. Notice he says, our. It's the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church, so he's talking to Christians. He's talking to believers. And since we just gave the invitation, everybody in here, everybody watching on every digital campus, watch this. Since we've already done that, everybody is a Christian, which means this applies to you. Say it applies to me. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, which means this is a Christian thing. So stop expecting, watch this, unsaved people to understand how we fight. You're not hearing me. Stop taking advice from, watch this, from unsaved people about how to fight. But if I was you, I would do this. The problem is, is watch this, you got to fight naturally because you don't have access to spiritual things. But we fight spiritually so we know what to do naturally. Watch this. Uh, we fight spiritually first so we know what to do naturally. And the Bible says that these weapons have divine power. Which means this is a God thing. Which means I can do more in the spirit to affect the natural than I can do in the natural to affect the natural. Back that thing up. I can do more in the spirit to affect the natural than I can do in the natural to affect the natural. See, there are certain things you're like, well, I'm going to do this and hopefully this happens. And God's like, if you learn how to fight spiritually and use spiritual weapons, you will see greater progress in your natural life. So the first weapon I introduced us to was repentance. Repentance is not a gun. It's not a knife. It's not a machete. It's not a sword. It, watch this. It's a spiritual weapon. And wins begin with repentance. What's repentance? Repentance isn't just saying, God, I'm sorry and I apologize. Repentance, watch this, is changing what I do. See, watch this. The Bible says bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Which means, you know what? Not only do I apologize, but I don't want to do that no more. I need you to stop trying and start doing Oh, y'all didn't like that. I rebuke you just trying. Because as long as you give yourself permission to try, watch this, you will never go all in so that you win. And I came against that spirit that says, well, I'm trying. No, baby, it's time for you to jump over the line and it's time for you to win. Would you lay your hands on yourself and say, I rebuke your try. Say, it's time to win. What do you mean? Well, I'm trying to stop doing this. I'm trying to stop. No, no, just do it. I came to push somebody to the edge to where you stop trying to do right, stop trying to love, stop trying to forgive, but I'm pushing you over that finish line so that you finally do it. Second weapon was focus. Focus, watch this, is a weapon because when you are focused, you have the ability to now do things that, watch this, that you would not normally have the ability to. So focus is, in fact, a weapon. And today's weapon is serving. Stop. Serving is a weapon? That's not a, that's not a that's not a, that doesn't really sound like a weapon. You mean to tell me that, watch this, I can put on an apron? And when I put on an apron, that that apron I put on makes me a superhero? 
Does your neighbor say, when you, that thing is tight. I know you're trying to choke me out, ain't you? Okay, that's good, that's good. So, slim fit apron, okay, watch me. <laughs> watch me, watch me. Say, serving is a weapon. Now listen, it's a weapon because serving summons great to you. In other words, here's the issue many people have. You're working so hard to be great. You're working so hard for, to create great. And that's not how great works. That's not Bible. Somebody say that's not Bible. You are working hard to have a great marriage. Working hard to have a great business. Working hard to have a great family. Working hard to be a great Christian. Working hard to be a great mom. And this is why you get so down on yourself. Watch this. It's because you are doing it by your own strength and merits. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I can tell people, watch this, who are self-centered because everything they say is, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Why isn't it enough? It's because you watch this. You think, watch this, that the way to great is to create. And much of the warfare you see to become great is because, watch this, when you're trying to become great, you're doing it the wrong way. What do you mean, Bishop? Matthew 23 and 11. It says, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Wait! To be great, I got to serve. Wait a minute. To be great, I have to serve. Now, see how quiet it got in the room? Because watch this. We have a whole generation of folk that want to be served, don't want to serve. We got a whole generation of folk. What do you mean generation? People living today. We got a whole generation of folk that watch this. They don't want to contribute anything. They want to consume everything. I rebuke the overconsumption spirit that might be on your road. Would you lift your hand and say, God, give me a servant's heart. See, look at, look at verse 12. Whoever exalts himself will be humble, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Look at me. A lot of what you call warfare is only God fulfilling this verse. When you exalt you, I'm too good to serve. I'm this. I'm so-and-so. Do you know why I went to school? Do you know my education? Do you know my background? Do you know what kind of fur coat I got on? Do you know? Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Do you know what kind of purse I got? Do you know what school I went to? Do you know who my cousin is? Do you know who my brother? Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Do you know this? And God says, as long as you're trying to take you up, God says, I have to take you down. Would you please touch your neighbor and say, don't exalt yourself. Listen to me, 11, 15. Here's the warfare many people are in right now. The more you do you, the more God has to undo you. So we live in a generation where people say, do you, boo, do you, do you. And that's why God's like, that's why I got to undo you. I got to undo your marriage. I got to undo your family. I got to undo your finances. Some of your struggles are simply because you're so busy trying to do you. You never got there the way I told you to get there. And I told you to get there through serving. So let's look at 2 Kings 3 and 11. 2 Kings 3 and 11. Watch this. This is about a man named Elisha. Elisha was a prophet who served a man of God. What's a prophet? One who speaks on behalf of God. He, he served a man of God named Elijah. So say J. And, and say this is about S. I want you to see something. And Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat's the king of Judah. So at this point, uh, Israel has split into two nations. Northern kingdom, which is Israel. Southern kingdom, which is Judah. So they have two separate kings. Now, look at this. And Jehoshaphat, he's king of Judah, said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here whom who may we inquire of the Lord? Look at me. Say, my name's about to be brought up. Look at me. Somebody waiting on you. Let me preach to myself. There's a city that's waiting. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Would you say my name's about to be brought up? Say, somebody's waiting on me to show up. But watch. Jehoshaphat said, is there nobody that can speak on God's behalf? He says, so we can inquire of the Lord. Then one of the kings of Israel 
uh, Israel's servants answered, Elisha. Now, this is deep. One of the servants said to the king, which means, watch this. Your reputation amongst other servants affects your ability to be seen. Because if everybody knows you sloppy, ain't nobody going to volunteer you for nothing. Y'all ain't sitting to me. If everybody knows you got a negative sourpuss attitude, ain't nobody going to volunteer you for nothing. And what you don't know is you could be sitting next to who can write a check and pay your debt off, but they see how you serve and... One of the king of Israel's servants answered, Elisha, the son of Shaphath, is here, watch me, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Here's what's interesting to me, y'all. Watch this. He served his leader. And we live in a generation, watch this, where people who ain't leaders think they should be served as if they are leaders. Watch this. He poured hand, water on his hands. Now look at me. He could have did that himself. Which means, watch this, the reason some people, watch this, have issues serving is because you say, well, they can do that. Some of you even think, watch this, there's no place for me. I, I'm not needed. Nobody needs, watch this, there's nothing I can do because everybody else is doing it. And God says, listen, but I need you to cultivate a servant's heart. Elisha was busy pouring water on the hands of Elijah. Elijah was a grown man. He could have washed his own hands. The point about serving is that, watch this, I want to relieve the burden of somebody else. Come here. I want to relieve the stress of somebody else. I want to relieve the pressure of somebody else. You don't have a servant's heart if you think it's all about you. A servant's heart says, let me take that up off of you. I need you to realize there's some stuff, watch this, that your whole purpose in existence is to take the burden off of somebody else. Come here, Joshua. Your whole existence is to take the pressure off of Moses. Come here, Elisha. Your whole existence is to take the pressure off of Elijah. Come here, Timothy. Your whole existence is to take the pressure off of Paul. But if you're so busy, watch this, stuck in your own little world. God says you missed your moment to be seen. But watch this. But, but watch. watch. Touch your neighbor and say, I got a servant's heart. And they didn't touch you. They evidently had lots of issues already. Touch them and say, I got a servant's heart. Watch. Verse 12, and Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So a servant recognizes him and says, oh, that boy, that boy, good. The king says, oh, yeah, oh, I heard about him. Watch this. What he didn't know is that while he was just serving, he was being seen. He didn't know who was paying attention to him so that when the king needed somebody, because there's some seats about to free up and you're about to take them. There's some seats at the board table that are about to free up and you're going to take them. There's some, y'all not saying nothing to me. There's a seat that somebody else wouldn't serve so they disqualified themselves for. And you are next. Have by somebody say, I'm next, I'm next, I'm next, I'm next. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom, look at me, went down to him. They went to go get him. Look at me. That reversed protocol. Kings never went to see anybody except other kings. So the fact that the king left the palace and left the throne to go get him teaches us a principle out serving. Serving will summons great to you. You know what a summons is, don't you? You better show up at this time. Y'all not hearing me. I'm going to tell somebody, watch this. This week you about to summons great to you because of how you serve. Uh-uh, you playing with it. Somebody say, my serving is summoning great. It's summoning great. Great opportunity, great favor, great breakthrough. Serving does that. But too many people come to be served. And that's not God. 
That's the insecurity of your flesh. So you think everything is about you. Even in church, lift your hands and worship. I don't want to lift my hands because I don't want to be embarrassed. Did you come to worship or be worshipped? Clap your hands. I'm not clapping my hands. I don't feel like doing that. So did you save you? Or did he say, I'm just trying to figure out who got you through that depression. That's all I'm trying to figure out. Because maybe you think it was your doctor. I'm here to tell you it was a doctor that gave your doctor the knowledge that he had. And his name is Jesus. Can we take 10 seconds and just let him know he's the reason for every good thing in our life? Go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Say thank you, Jesus. The word serving in the Bible is most often associated with the Greek word diako, which means an attendant. Let me have your keys. An attendant. Say an attendant. Specifically, I think of a parking attendant. A parking attendant waits all day. Watch this. Waits. And I won't say all day, but um, anybody in here ever worked as a parking attendant? Okay. Okay. All right. Then I have 15 minutes. All right. That's okay. So then let's just go. Here's the deal. Parking attendant waits for people to come, bring something of value to them. When you serve, things of value will be brought to you. You know why some of y'all are always chasing stuff? It's because you're out of your serve. And when you're out of your serve, greatness can't be brought to you. You got to chase it. I rebuke you chasing great. Say it's being brought to me. Some of y'all relationships, you always chasing after folk. Great never shows up to you because there's no serve in you. But say, Lord, give me a servant's heart. They wait for people to bring them keys to give them access to things of value. But check it out. Sometimes, watch this, those people who are bringing their cars might think they're better than them. But what they don't realize is, but you just gave me your keys. And I got access to everything of value. And so while you may think you're better than me, what you don't understand is my serve gave me access to stuff. Watch this. Watch this. I didn't earn it. I served into it. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? There's some stuff. Watch this. Watch this. Your education can't earn it. Your serve is going to get it for you. Who you know and the hookup you got ain't going to get it for you. Your serve is going to get it for you. But then here's the next meaning. Here's the next meaning. Watch this. It means a waiter at a table. When you're a waiter at a table, your only job is to take the order. If they say they want their eggs over medium, it's not your job to tell them that I think you should get them scrambled. Baby, your job is to take the order. We have too many people that want to call shots and don't know how to take the call. But if I was the leader, and you're not, that's why, because you don't even understand what the seat requires. You can't handle a flesh wound. You ain't going to be able to take the knives. It's quiet in this church. It's quiet in this church. Let's go. A waiter at a table. Hello, I'm here to serve you. Okay, I want some water. Okay. Actually, you know what? I want some Coke. Ah, you know what? I don't like the taste of the Coke. Okay. What would you like? Now, I brought you the Coke. Let's just tell the truth, y'all. If you were served poorly by someone at a restaurant, there's a few ways to let them know about it. Isn't that true? 
Watch this. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. Some people don't know how to switch seats. You're so used to giving orders, you don't know when it's time to take them. Sometimes you're going to be the one giving the order. And then sometimes you're going to be the one taking the order. Watch this. And you can't think you're above taking orders. Touch your neighbor and say, you're not above taking orders. Yeah, I know you King Kong, but watch this. There's going to be some rooms you're going to sit in. But baby, you, you, uh, where the little, what's the, what was the little, uh, you're curious, George. <laughs> Check this out. Say menial duties. This is what this word means to serve. It means I do small stuff. Every, now, here's the thing about small stuff is that, watch this, the small stuff needs to be done. But here's the deal. If you don't have a servant's heart, you'll think you're too big to do small. You'll think, I, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. I, I'm too big to make sure that the curtain is right. I studied at Juilliard. Well, listen, you and Julia Child and Pamela Dean, all y'all, or Paula, whatever her name is. Touch your neighbor and say, you're not too big to do little. Ooh, I rebuke that arrogance I sense in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, you're not too big to do little. You know you got a servant's heart. Watch this when You can be the chief executive, but if the bathroom needs cleaning, that's what needs to be done. You know you got a servant's heart where you can say, whatever I got to do, that's what I got to do. All right, all right. It's to put an apron on. Why you put an apron on? You put an apron on. You put an apron on. Touch your neighbor and say, put an apron on. You put an apron on. And here's why you put an apron on. You put an apron on because sometimes serving is going to get dirty. Sometimes the people you serve are going to make you want to cuss them out. But when you have a servant's heart, you don't. As a pastor, let me help you with something. Because October's pastor preaching, they said, let me help you with something. Listen. Sometimes y'all be thinking that, that, like, it's a pleasure to serve sheep. Could you imagine dealing with hundreds of attitudes, hundreds of personalities, hundreds of this, and then watch this, and then if you don't do it the way they like it, all of a sudden they loved you on Sunday, now on Monday they season shifted. i tell you what. Could you imagine rocking people and cradling people and getting people off dope and getting people off drugs and teaching people how to wash their tail and do their face right and do all that and walking people through a process of growth and development only to have them look at you like you ain't never done nothing for them. Watch this, watch this, where they can move and do everything else for everybody but can't come see you on one day of the conference. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Sometimes you're going to serve and if you don't have a servant's heart, you will let the people you serve make you bitter because you'll think it's about you somebody say it's not about me okay now watch this can we go further I said can we go further all right check this out Luke 16 and 10 menial tasks no one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much God says if you can't manage little you are never going to be able to manage big if you can't handle little, you're never going to be able to manage big. So to everybody watch me who cannot handle, watch this, $10, why are you praying for 10000 
to everybody in here, we, got to, we live in a very entrepreneurial culture where everybody's starting a business. Everybody's starting a business. I says, let me ask you a question, though. But how do you serve the business you're at? I'm trying to get my business off the ground. You late to another man's. Bible says, if you can't, listen, I rebuke you thinking you're more important than who pays you. You ain't got to say nothing to me. I promise you was right. Well, you know, they better be glad I'm here today. It's somebody else that would love your seat and we can pay less. And doesn't it feel good to pay less? <laughs> so here's the question. Well, who should serve? Who is this for? Say, everyone should serve. And we should serve everyone. John 13 and 14. This is Jesus speaking. He says, if I them, your Lord and your teacher. In other words, God says, I'm God in the body and I'll wash your feet. Now, guys, let's think about this. Let's think about this. These men were walking around in leather sandals with dirt, dust. They got animals all throughout the street. So if the street sweeper didn't come and they weren't paying attention to where they walking, they stepped off into some. These feet. You ever, you ever met somebody who they were in love with their feet being out? Y'all ain't said nothing, so this must be the, I pray over everybody's feet in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Y'all ain't said nothing. So imagine God getting down. So to wash feet, you have to get low. To serve, you have to watch this. You have to not worry about being seen. To serve, look at me, you have to humble yourself. And this is hard for some of y'all. Watch this because, watch this. Here's, here's the issue. Since you were a child, you had people beat you down. So now you spend your adult life trying to make sure nobody else does it. But that's what disqualifies you from serving because you're fighting the wrong person. You're fighting against the spirit of servanthood. Ain't nobody going to talk to me like that. And that's why, watch this, you ain't got nobody to talk to. Because to serve means you got to get low. Down to the flow. Funky. Give me some house music real quick. Touch your neighbor say you got to get low. Say low to the flow. Jesus, he gets low. He gets the water. And for them guys... Probably gets a lot of soap. Which means not only do I have to get low, I have to get dirty. Sometimes when you're serving, listen to me, it ain't going to be clean. What does that mean? Sometimes the people will be mean. Sometimes, sometimes you're going you're gonna to have to take your heels off. Y'all ain't talking to me. Sometimes you're going to have to untie your tie. Sometimes you're going to have to take your shoes off. Put some flats on. Jesus got low. And look what he says. If I wash your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. Touch your neighbor and say, you're not too big to serve. Ooh, let me come for this. You ain't too anointed to serve. Let me come for you. You ain't too called to where you can't serve. 
That's why I'm not big on giving people a bunch of titles because sometimes people make titles replace towels. Y'all ain't talking to me. Serve. Somebody say serve. Uh, we should serve in our church. It starts here. The Bible says if you're not faithful in the household of faith, first, you're worse than an infidel. So a lot of people, you're trying to, oh, I serve at the Red Cross. I serve over here. Baby, you ain't on the dream team. I need you to start with that. I serve over here, I serve over here, I serve over there. I volunteer four times a day. Volunteering is different than serving. A volunteer thinks they're doing an organization a favor. A servant realizes, watch this, it's my pleasure and privilege to serve. Touch your neighbor and say, there is a difference. Ooh, I feel a shift in the room. Would you lift your hand and say, Lord, give me a servant's heart. So what's a servant's heart look like? So everyone should serve and we should serve everyone. You know you have a servant's heart when the most undesirable to serve, you do it with joy. There are some people, I was talking to somebody earlier and I said, it's 11.15. Um, I was talking to somebody earlier, I said, you know, there are certain personalities, I said, I just don't like. I said, me personally, there are certain personalities, I'm not gonna name the personalities. And some person I just don't like. I just like, and just so even the look is just like. But touch your neighbor and say, that's true for you too, though. So before you start saying, wait a minute, Bishop, we're supposed to love everyone. Start at your house. Start in your seat. Your seat is next. We all have certain things we just don't enjoy, right? And so, and so, and so here's the deal. But the real test of a servant's heart is, do I still do it and do I still do it well? Even if I don't enjoy, watch me, who I'm doing it for. I says, here's what some of y'all got stuff. You know, there go your, there go your little sandwich. There you go. And I'm angry right now. See, you don't have a servant's heart. Because a servant's heart realizes it's not about you. I do it well because watch this, I ain't doing it for you. So let's look at a servant's heart. Say, Lord, give me a servant's heart. I got into ministry through music, and I got into ministry through music, um, and I served. I served. I'm, you want to know how I learned how to play keyboard? They put me in a Colorado Gospel Music Hall of Fame. I didn't even know there was no Colorado Gospel Music Hall of Fame until they called me and said, we're putting you in there. You know how I learned how to play keys? I learned how to play keys, and I got good. I didn't start good. I started over there on, the, not over there on them jobs, but I started jobs. You want to know how I got better, y'all? It's one Monday, they walk in and said, hey, um, we let go of everybody else, so you need to know how to play by Wednesday. I didn't know how to play the keyboard. At that time, I was on the drums. I knew a couple of songs, like, and how to chord them. So, like, play like you're chording, not playing, but like you're chording. Like, you know, you, you know, like, not even that good, just chord, just, you know, chord. Right. I was right there. They said, by Wednesday, you need to be ready to go. A servant's heart didn't say, look, how y'all gonna ask me at the last minute to come up and learn how to play? She watched me. That's why I could be trusted with a platform because I wasn't trying to put the focus on me. How y'all gonna ask me at the last minute to do all this and see this is what I'm talking about and how y'all gonna do that? But you shouldn't. Mm -mm. I said, yes, sir. I said, how many songs? The normal amount. So I learned three songs. That was the normal amount. Watch this. I was in school. You want to know what I did? 
on Tuesday, said, well, Al, I got an order from the men of God. I ain't going to school today. <laughs> so I didn't go to school that Tuesday. The kingdom comes first. Some of y'all are like, oh, I disagree with that. And that's why you're out of order. See, Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom. Everything else is more important than God. And you think somebody has to accept your excuses because you don't have quite yet have developed the servant's heart. So I said, am I going to school? I said, I have an instruction and I will not fail my leader because I'm in my feeling. I have an instruction and I will not fail fulfilling it. So, that Tuesday... And, and I went and bought books. Wasn't no YouTube. I had to go. I went to a guitar center or musician's friend, they call it back then. And uh, I went. I got books. You hear me? I got books. I, I, I called folk. I was like, can you just tell me? And then teach me that number system. So, so, so go, this is go like, uh, uh, like go for four, five, six. I, so I learned this number system. It's like, oh, four, five, six. That's the chords. And so. I didn't know what to do, but because my heart was right, God showed me what to do. Y'all ain't talking to me. Say, Lord, give me a servant's heart. There's certain things that you don't know how to do. And God says, I know that, but if your heart is right, I'll show you how to be a better wife. I'll show you how to be a better husband. I'll show you if your heart is right. So my heart was right. So I said, I will get to school on when I get there. So Wednesday, I'm nervous. And we get up and on Wednesday night, it's church. And it's time to play. And you know what? I played them three songs. And the only three songs I knew. And when it was time for like prayer and stuff, I played them songs real slow. <laughs> I just played real slow. And you want to know something? Nobody noticed. Nobody knew I only learned how to play a day and a half ago. But because I had and have a servant's heart, God made it happen. Would you lift your hands? Because there's certain things God says, I want to make happen for you. But I can't do it until your heart is right. And I need your heart to be the heart of a servant. Say, Lord, give me a servant's heart. And I got good, y'all. I got good. Then I started traveling for it and playing for it and got promoted for it. And they put me in the gospel music hall of fame. This is Colorado. In case you don't know, that me ain't no whole lot of gospel. Ain't a whole lot of music. <laughs> sure ain't a whole lot of gospel music in this here state. But my heart positioned me to receive. So you want to know what started happening? People across the country, shut up, started calling me. I said, would you come lead my music department and teach them this and teach them that and teach them that. So I started traveling for something. Watch this. A few months earlier, I didn't even know how to do. Because I had a servant's heart. So they brought my name up. Your name's about to be brought up because of how you... So let's go. Here's a servant's heart. Ephesians 6 and 5. Bond servants. That means I choose to serve because I get to serve. Watch this. You're not doing anybody a favor when you serve. Say, so I'm not doing anybody a favor. All right, watch this. He says, bond servant was a servant who chose to serve. They were released. They didn't have to. So today, we all grown. You grown? 
Stop announcing that. Evidently, you don't believe it. I'm grown. I, I, nobody asked. I, I'm just confused as to why you needed to tell us. I rebuke your insecurity. Watch. He says, bond servants. I choose to serve because I get to serve. Obey your earthly master. So here's the heart of a, of a servant. One, I get to serve. Here's the next part of the heart. Watch this. Uh, obey. That means I follow instructions. I follow the instructions. It ain't for me to understand it. It's for me to follow it. In the military, when they give you an order, you don't, well, uh, General, I'd like to discuss that. They will arrest you and take you down there to Guantanamo. Your family won't hear from you again. Like, what happened? It was a terrible accident, terrible accident. What happened? Watch. With fear and trembling. Here's the next thing about a servant's heart. Our servant's heart is respectful and honorable. Even if, watch this, even if whom you're serving isn't to you. They need to say it to me like this. You don't have a servant's heart. Well, you ain't going to talk to me like that on the phone. You don't have a servant's heart. It's quiet in the church. When you fight hard to exalt yourself, God has to undo you. When you fight hard to beat your chest, God has to pull you down. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Watch this. With a sincere heart. That means pure motive. So a servant's heart has pure motives. I'm not doing this to be seen. I'm not doing this, watch this, for your applause. My motives are pure. Say, Lord, purify my motives. Say, purify the motives of the people around me. Let me tell you what hurts you with people is that they made you think their motive was one thing. But really their motive was something else. And I would have rather you tell me that you were only here to rob from me so that way I would have knew I was dealing with a thief up front. I'd rather you tell me that you were only trying to be seen next to me because it made you feel good about yourself and now you had a level of authority in the church because you stood with me. Huh? I would rather you just have said that than having impure motives. Watch this. Let's go further. Can we go? As you would Christ, which means I'm serving how I would serve Jesus. So question, would you give Jesus that excuse? Would you give Jesus that? Whatever you're producing in any way you serve, in church, on your job, uh, 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 out in public, would you give Jesus that? Are you hearing what I'm saying? In our relationship panel, I love what one of the men, they've been married, wait a minute, 61 years. He's 84. It's amazing. Well, watch this. Longevity doesn't mean success in relationships. So people say, we've been married 40 years. Y'all ain't slept in the same room for the last 39. That ain't success. That's just, watch this, comfort. So, so, so he talked about their relationship. And he said, I make breakfast every morning because she... She, she made breakfast for them kids all them years. I said, I'm going to make breakfast, and then you clean the dishes. That's our deal. And he said, every morning before, I says, when she comes downstairs, she gets fully dressed and ready. And, and, and I thought about, y'all been together for 61 years. And she still makes sure that the first time you see her, she is together. Now, I know what some of y'all saying, I ain't doing all of that. Maybe that's why. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Would Jesus, would you do that for him? Would you give him that? If you were having a meeting with Jesus, how would you dress? I'm just asking. 
If you were about to have a conversation with Jesus, would you, oh, the traffic is why I'm running behind. Or would you have made sure you got your tail out of there early enough to beat the traffic? See, we got to reject these excuses. Touch your neighbor and say, I reject these excuses. Come on, I'm going to get you to great because you're going to get a servant's heart before you get up out of here. Verse 6, not by the way of eye service, to be seen. I reject this prancing around to be seen spirit. Look at me serving. Look at me serving. Look, look at me. Look at me serving. Look at me serving. Hey, excuse me, y'all. I'm serving. Excuse me. I'm serving. A servant. I went, I went a few weeks ago to this house uh, in downtown Denver. I forget the name of the house. Anybody know the name of the house? It's this house downtown by the art museum. Bonnie Bray. Uh-huh. And uh, something like that. That's close enough. It, all I know is it didn't have no air. That's the only thing I remember from the house. I said, they said, oh, it's going to be hot. And, I was, and they had the Dr. King fans of their thing. It wasn't Dr. King, but the fans. We went in the house. And it was amazing to me. They showed the quarters of this family that was instrumental in, in doing stuff in Denver. Denver's got an interesting history. Um, for the sake of time, I'm not going to get into it. But we were in there. And while we were in there, they said, oh, that was the servant's room. And then they said, and that's the servant's stairwell. And they said, watch this. The servant needed to, watch this, not distract who they were serving with their serving. So they had a separate stairwell to go downstairs to get stuff ready in the kitchen. Because watch this, the family they were serving didn't need to be distracted by their serving nor see them when they were serving. Watch this. You don't have a servant's heart, watch this, if you only do it because somebody's watching you. Say, Lord, give me a servant's heart. Look at me. And when you have that attitude, here's what God will do. Ignore her. Ignore him. Don't let nobody pay up no mind. Because what did he say? If you exalt you. Y'all not talking to me today. Say, Lord, give me a servant's heart. As people pleasers. Meaning, I'm not doing it for your applause. Because if I do it for your applause, watch this then I'll die at your silence. Stop waiting on the people that you serve to applaud you. But as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Somebody say, I'm all in. If you're going to serve, serve. Be all in. Be dependable. You can't count on who can't be counted. And a servant's heart says, listen, where I need to be, I'm there. You heard me say this week at the conference about why I changed something. I changed the whole thing to fit one person. And the reason was because with that person, I placed myself in the position of a servant and a student. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I changed my thing to fit their thing. Because it wasn't about What if the breakthrough you want is on the other side of you serving? Look at me. Look at me. Say loyal. Say faithful. Say do it from the heart. Do it with everything. You can tell when people aren't doing it. Let me tell you how you know who's not doing it from the heart. Let me tell you who doesn't have a servant's heart. Because you're always fighting about the same stuff. There's always discussions about the same things. You repeat the same things over and over and over. Watch this. Because it's a heart issue. So your heart affects your habits. 
Can I tell some of y'all why there's so much hell in your house? Because y'all are fixing habits. Nobody's asking about the heart. Say, Lord, give me a servant's heart. I need to stir this atmosphere. Please lift your hands. Say, give me a servant's heart. Because my heart will affect my habits. You won't have to tell me to stop smacking my gum like that. Oh, I'm just using this as an example, okay? I ain't saying nothing wrong with smacking gum. Don't start nothing with me. I ain't playing with y'all. You wouldn't have to have the discussion about don't say it like that if your heart was right. Because if your heart was right, you'd say, oh, God, that's how I'm supposed to say it. Got it. Got it. Not, well, I don't see the big deal. You wouldn't. You wouldn't see the big deal. Because you don't see from their seat. When you're not the leader, you don't see from their seat. And when you're serving somebody, it ain't about what you see. It's about seeing it how they see it. Oh, I'm coming for y'all today. Your silence is not going to shut me down. Would you lift your hand and say, Lord, give me a servant's heart. Watch. Verse 7, rendering service with goodwill is to the Lord. Which means this is a lifestyle. I don't just serve in church. I serve everywhere. I was telling him about a story. I was at a restaurant uh, this last week during the conference. Now, listen, I've been I'd poured out. Done all that. And, and I was in a restaurant. And whenever I get creative, sometimes I'll just stare. And whatever is in front of me, I'll just stare. Because my mind is going through this creative process. And I can't have it interrupted. Anybody that's ever been around me will know I will have moments. They're talking, and I just check out. And I'll say, just, 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 hold on. Because I got to write this down before I lose it. And, and then I'll say, okay, now tell me everything you say because I wasn't listening. So I'm sitting at this restaurant. I'm sitting at this, it's just when creativity hits me. I got to record it. Got it? I got to get it so I don't lose it. Um, and, and so I learned to keep my phone close to my shower because that's when I get most of my creative ideas. So I'll tell, hey, Siri, and, and she don't never get it right. I'll be looking at some of my minnows like, what? Take the popcorn up to the street. I'm like, what? Oh, put the prophecies on the stage. Okay, I don't know. So at this restaurant, I looked up and I started staring. And this lady was sitting in, in, you know, across the way. And I just looked up and I just like, oh, my God, that's a great idea. Oh, my God, that's a great idea. And so I was thinking about that. And then the lady kind of looked at me and she kind of looked at me like, like, what are you looking at? And so I said, excuse me, I was with two pastors. I said, excuse me. Man, God, I'm going to go speak to this lady and let her know that I wasn't staring at her because I don't want her to think I'm staring at her and, you know, then she's busy for and staring at people in restaurants and all that. So I went over to her. I said, excuse me, ma'am. I, I don't mean to bother you. I said, I just want you to know I wasn't staring at you. I said, I actually was just looking straight ahead and you having to be ahead. And look what sister said. Sister said, well, why wouldn't you be staring at me? I said, you better shoot your shot, baby girl. So then she began to tell me about her daughter and, um, and her daughter, they had just got back from a doctor's appointment. She said, no, I wouldn't even look at it too. She said, I was kind of everywhere and she might even be watching now and uh, uh, maybe even be in the building now, I don't know. And, and she said, um, uh, we just got back from the doctor and we just got a prognosis about a diagnosis. So now it looks like we got a path forward to treat my daughter. She says, oh, here's my daughter right now. I said, well, listen, can I pray for y'all? So right there in the middle of the restaurant, they stand up right there in the middle of the floor of the restaurant and we start praying. And watch, I don't do no cute prayer. I go in. Y'all not talking to me. I said, I ain't got nothing to prove to these people. Why? I got my apron on, which means, watch this, even though I didn't pour it and pour it and pour it, I'm still here to serve. So we grab hands, we pray, I rebuke the sickness. 
And I said, listen, we got conference going on. I said, where y'all go to church? He said, we live in the Springs. I said, shoot, I don't have no cards. My food sitting on the table. My salad is sitting on the table. My gumbo is sitting on the table. My hot bread ain't hot no more. I go to my car. I grab uh, the invites. I walk back in. I said, here's the information for you. And I said, I believe you're going to be a testimony. That you're going to go on that blog and say, I met Bishop Foreman at the restaurant. And he prayed. Watch this. And my daughter got healed. Watch this. But if I had the mentality of, watch this, I ain't here to do all that. I'm here to eat. I've been pouring. I need you to realize, watch this, everywhere you go, we're supposed to serve. Would you say, Lord, give me a servant's heart? Which means in the store, I serve. In the mall, I serve. At the park, I serve. I serve. We serve. We serve. Say, Lord, give me a servant's heart. Watch. Watch. Look, I'm done. Not to man, which means it's for a person, but not to a person. Because sometimes the people that you do serve, it's not going to be joyful. I wish I could tell you every day as a pastor, it's just a joy. You make it a joy. Even when it ain't joyful, I make it joy. You got to make it joy. I wish I could tell you that everybody I was good to was good to me. I wish I could tell you that everybody I poured into was respectful and appreciative and thankful for my poor. I wish I could tell you that everybody that, that I gave of my life and imparted it to, I wish I could tell you that, that I got something out of it. I didn't all the time. But guess what? I serve. Touch your neighbor and say, we serve. And when you do it to the Lord, not to people, you're not expecting them to do anything back for you. I need you to listen. Oh, God, I heard you. I need you to release some people, watch this, from thinking they owe you for how you served them. I need you to release some people for thinking that they owe you something. Some of you in this room right now, watch me, you are bitter and you are angry and you are mad because you think she owes you something. You think he owes you something. Would you please say nobody owes me anything? Watch this. As to the Lord, not to man. Here's the, here's the verse. Why? Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he's going to get it back from who? So I may serve you, but you don't even have the power to pay me back. I might serve you, but you don't have enough money to pay me back. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I may serve you, but you don't have enough doors to open to pay me back. So what does the Bible say? The Bible says that, watch this, the Lord will pay you back. And I need somebody to hear me. It's payback time. Touch your neighbor and say, it's payback time. Stop. God pays me back. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm not looking to you anymore. To you parents who are a little salty with your kids because you were a good mama, you were a good daddy, you're still a good mama, you're a good daddy, and they respect everybody else but you. Oh, I'm coming for you. 
They, sell a, they got pictures of Nipsey Hussle up like he did something for him. And won't even honor you. Won't even respect you. Y'all ain't talking to me. Pictures of Taylor Swift up like she helped them swiftly get their clothes tailored. celebrating other people. I'm coming for some parents. I hear the Lord loud and clear. Well, you are angry because your children respect and honor everybody else but you. Listen to me, parent. Release that. Because God is going to pay you back. Not, oh. I need some parents that you felt that way to not have any shame and put a praise in this atmosphere. If you've ever felt that way, I need you to. Go. Some of you have done stuff, watch this, for your, watch this, for your parents. And they pay attention to everybody else. They always go on to support your other brothers and sisters. Oh, I'm coming for you. They always celebrating everybody else. They always supporting everybody else. You're the one paying for everything, but they always supporting the other one. You're the one always doing stuff. They always supporting the other one. I need you to release that because God says, I'm the one that's. He says, I'm the one that's going to pay you back. Lift your hand and say, Lord, you're the one that pays me back. To everybody in here where you've helped friends. And they're more loyal to, watch this, the one that was talking about them then to you. I need you to let that go. Put that verse up for me because the Bible says it is the Lord who's going to pay you back. I heard something. Somebody says, Bishop, I was good to that man. I was good to that woman. I, I, was, I was so good to them. I did stuff I ain't never done. You see how they treated me? Look at me. God says, if you'll let that go, God says, he'll pay you back. I need you to stop looking to people to pay you back and look to the Lord to pay you back. Can you just release a praise if you're going to do that from this point on in your life, please? Uh-uh, that praise is weak. Just the voices. Go. So the question becomes, how is serving a weapon? Here it is. I'm going to get right to it. Isaiah 40 and 31. I'm out of time. But they who wait for the Lord. That word wait there means serve. Go to verse 31. Those who serve. That's what a wait means. Wait means like a waiter. I stand to take your orders. I wait to hear your word. I stand to take your orders. I wait to hear your word. Shall renew there, which means your strength is in your serve. You want to know why you weak? Because you stop serving. You know when it's hard to pray? Because you serve with attitude. Your strength is in your serve. Somebody say, my strength is in my serve. 
They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I'm going to deal with the eagles and we're out of here. Touch your neighbor and say, we're about to fly. Matter of fact, I, I need you. I know I've had you talk to them a lot, but that's only because I believe God's about to do something amazing in their life. But you touch somebody next to you and say, we're about to fly like we've never flown before. You ready? You ready? Why does the Bible say eagle's wings? Because eagles can soar long hours without flapping their wings. What does the flap mean? The flap means I have to use more energy in order to go further. When you serve, watch this, you'll get the strength you need to fly. Can I tell you, after pouring all last week, can I tell you, Friday night, tell them, tell them, Friday night, I was, in, I was fired up. Friday night, watch this. I'm like, okay, now we got to do this and this and this and this. Yesterday, see, while most people have been sitting back, oh, child, I need a rest. Oh, no. I'm like, we got to do this and we got to do this and we got to do this and we got to do this. I said, because something big's about to pop off. I said, I ain't got time to rest now. I said, so while you may not understand it, when, my, when I served everybody last week, I... But watch. Here's the next part. Here's the next part. Stop letting people tell you, you just need to rest. My serve is my rest. I ain't saying you don't need to lay down. I ain't saying you don't need to put some cucumbers on your ass. What I'm saying is they wouldn't get it because they don't serve. You just need to lay down. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. I got a strength. So yesterday I had a fortitude. I had a strength. I was like, I can't wait. Let's do this. 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 And I had to have people around me that are that way. So when I'm in that mode, listen, there's, 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 I, I got me a, a soaring buddy. And, 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 and her and I, when we meet, we soar. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm your soaring buddy. You don't need people around you that are going to drain you. You need people that are going to be like, go, 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 go. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm soaring. Here's the next thing about an eagle's wings. I'm done. Watch. They can kill and capture up to eight times its weight. This is what the Bible says, like an eagle. Because when you serve, you're going to be able to take down stuff bigger than you. How did David take down Goliath? Well, with a rock. Mm -mm. He served Saul first. His servanthood is what made him take down Goliath. When God saw that he was a servant, he said, you got this. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, you got this. Last thing about these wings. They can fly 200 miles an hour. Eagles can fly 200 miles an hour. Which means, watch me, I get further, faster when I serve. Look at me, look at me. For everybody that doesn't, watch this, that believes, I hear you, yes, Lord. For everybody in here that believes that Watch this. God's about to bust his biggest move in your life. Watch me. Before the end of this month. Uh-uh. Ain't no faith right there. I want you to put a Shabbat in this atmosphere because you're about to go further fast.
God says, your serve is going to get you further faster. Can you lift your hand and say, Lord, renew my serve. Renew my strength. Renew my walk. Give me a servant's heart. Start your church, but it bleeds everywhere. Say it bleeds everywhere. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants to. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R 10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app 
Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.